Okay, if you've got your Bibles uh, with you, turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, reading from verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. If you're using one of the ones that are at the back, it's on page 1177. 1177, Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. And it's Paul uh, just coming to the end of uh, the letter to the church in Ephesus, talking about the armour of God. And uh, this morning, as part of our series, as we go through discipleship, I'm talking about the battle you're in. Not the battle you might be in, uh, the battle you are in. Uh, you're in a battle. If you're a Christian, you are in a battle against all the forces of evil. Uh, but the good news is, is that uh, you do that uh, with the pr- promise of the Holy Spirit and in Christ's name, and his name is above all names, and it's far greater than the name of Satan. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So you know as a Christian that sometimes your walk with God can be a struggle. It's not always rosy and there are challenges put in your way. Sometimes you might ask, why are you often struggling to pray? Uh, why are you struggling in your prayers, maybe finding it hard to love, hard to forgive? Why is it sometimes uh, your heart is not as open to God as you want it to be? Why do you struggle to tell others about Christ? Why do you continue to be proud, selfish, angry, jealous or covetous? I'm painting a bad picture, I'm not saying you're all these things all of the time, but sometimes probably all of us struggle with some of these things. Why do I feel frustration? Why do I feel oppression? Why are we in a world where there is injustice, hardship and wars? Why is it that you can't speak, you don't speak against other faith or their leaders publicly, yet Christianity is mocked at every level, unashamedly? The name of Christ used in swearing contexts or just as a matter of expression. We, if anyone did that against any of the other religious leaders, uh, they'd be in trouble. Well, the answer why we struggle with these things and why all the world is the way it is. First of all, it's twofold, but I'm only going to concentrate on the second one today. Uh, the first one is our own rebellion against God. We, we, we're, we're, we've all been in rebellion. Romans 7.15 I don't understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but the very thing I hate. And sometimes we know what the right thing to do is and we don't do it. And sometimes we know what the wrong thing is and we do it. And sometimes people say to me, Ian, I fell into that. I fell into sin. I say, we didn't fall, you jumped. Because everything you do is a decision. You know, and and we're tempted. And of course we are. The devil is the tempter. Of course he wants to lead you astray. So first of all, we have a rebellion against God. But I want to focus on that. 
Um, Nigel uh, kindly, I think it was from the beginning of Romans 8, read a passage. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We struggle and thank God Christ paid for it. He paid for the sin. So I'm not going to dwell on that much. What I want to talk about is actually the battle that we're in as Christians. Because the second reason the world is what it is, and we're like what we are sometimes, is, you, is spiritual warfare. And it's a reality. You're in a battle, and when you're in a battle, what happens if you're in a battle? They don't just, the enemy doesn't just stand there and let you attack him. He fights back. He fights back. Sandy Miller used to be the vicar at Holy Trinity Brompton, where Nicky Gumbel is now, where the Alpha Course came from. And he said, he said, it's worrying really, I'm not sure I agree with it wholeheartedly, but he said, every good deed does not go unanswered. You know, the devil hates it when we do good in Christ's name and he tries to come back at us. But we need to remember that Jesus' name is above all names. And so we don't want to focus too much on his power. But he does have power. Uh, 1 Peter 5 verse 3 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Resist him. Stand in firm in the faith. And this is what Paul says here. Stand firm. Stand firm. And some people don't think there is a battle. Some people think, have an image of the devil with the two pointy horns and everything else and a bit of a comical figure in the same way they have God as, as some sort of Father Christmas apparition sitting on the clouds. It, both, both of those are incorrect. There is a battle going on. Do you know, I, I just only found this fact out uh, this week. There are 30,000 clergy ordained, clergy registered in this country. That's good news. That's good news. We want that. Um, there are 80,000 registered witches and mediums. Do you know that? I didn't know that. That's a fact. You know, we are in a battle. And some of those people won't know the powers they're dealing with. Others know very well the powers they're dealing with. We are in a battle. In his book, Fuzzy Memories, Jack Handy writes, there used to be this bully who would demand my lunch money every day. Since I was smaller, I would give it to him. Then I decided to fight back. I started taking karate lessons, but the instructor wanted five pounds a lesson. And that was a lot of money. So I found that it was cheaper to pay the bully. So I gave up karate. Too many Christians believe it's easier to pay the bully and not learn how to defeat him. We need to stand up to him. We need to understand that we live and are active on a battlefield and not the playground. It's not a game and it's serious eternal business. The world is changing. We know that. It seems like on a daily basis, morals are changing. The Christian faith is being challenged and we don't want to be found wanting when we have the message that the light of the whole, the light of the world, that Jesus is the hope of the nations. He is the saviour of the world. He is the only one that people can turn to to find meaning. You know, we're getting all these stabbings not too far from here and killings. Um, and, you know, one of the attractions of these gangs is people want to belong. And yet the church is this family of God and we're asking people to belong, but they wouldn't turn to the church. We've got to be a living witness. Do you remember the hymn Onward Christian Soldiers? I mean, sometimes I find it a bit cheesy and everything else, but the words are good. Onward Christian Soldiers, marching as to war. You know, the moment you leave this building, you're marching as to war. There was a battle. With the cross of Jesus going on before, Christ the royal master leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. At the name of Jesus, Satan's legions flee. Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shouts of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the, trains, sorry, the saints have trod. 
We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope, one in doctrine, one in charity. I mean, I, I love the words, but it does talk about the battle that we're in. And one thing for sure, if you're a Christian, is you are a soldier in the army of Jesus Christ. And what is the battle? There's a three-fold assault going on against you. Threefold, probably more, but I've got three. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We have our own flesh, wanting our old life back. We know about the battle that goes on within us. Paul knew about it. Why do I do the things uh, that I don't want to do? Why don't I do the things I ought to do? Thanks be to God for Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. So we know that. We know our old self, it has its temptations. and we, have, we sometimes slip back into it. So our own flesh wanting our old life back. And then we have the world trying to drag us back because a lot of what the world says is kind of like a lot of stuff we used to like doing. And then we have the devil making sure it all goes according to plan. So you've got your flesh, the world, the devil. Our flesh, our old nature, it's incredible. But our flesh, our old nature, fights against the Spirit of God that lives within us. Fights against it. That's why we, we have this battle going on within. Galatians 5.17 For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. That's why we know sometimes, you know, I want to I wanna pray. And then all the thoughts come in about all the reasons why you haven't got time to pray. I want to read my Bible and let God speak to me. And then I remember the washing up needed to be done before Andrew gets home. Uh, or, uh, you know, I want to come to church. There's so many other things I could be doing on a bright sunny day. It, it rages within us, but we can choose the right answer. The enemy attacks your faith. He'll attack your support structure. He loves it. Some of you probably didn't even want to be here today. I don't know. Or maybe you all did. I don't know. But in generally in every church, there's, I mean, in America, there was a survey done. They said 80% of Christian households had an argument as they were getting ready for church. Where do you think that comes from? Some of you may not have wanted to be here today. You woke up, maybe thought about it, sun's shining, get the barbecue coals ready, I don't know. Some of you might uh, not have felt like reading your Bible this week. Some of you might have not felt like praying. Why? Because the old flesh that never used to care about it is at battle with the Spirit of God within us. And, what, and, and we need to fight. That's a battle. I've got to say, I'll soak up the Bible as God's Word and He'll speak to me. I want to hear my Master's voice. I'm not going to get distracted. I will pray because I want my relationship with God to grow. I can talk to Him. Jesus has opened up the way. Why am I not talking to Him? Because the battle goes on within. I have to have communion with my Master while I'm in this battle. You need to know what the commander wants. I will get to church, even if there's other demands on my time. I know I need the fellowship, the encouragement, the inspiration that can't be found in isolation, where the devil loves to pick you off, by the way, when you leave a church and you're isolated. I want to be with other Christians because I know I'm not alone in this battle. We need to encourage one another, which the Bible tells me to do. It's not perfect, we know that, but it is family. And sometimes in our lives, when we go through hardship, I've been so grateful for God's family. When people ring up, so we've been praying for you, Ian. Or we've been praying for you, Andrea. Or we understand you've had a rough week. Or whatever it is. Or we've understand you've had a good week. We've praised God for you. It's so encouraging to have fellowship. We should never underestimate the church and its love. And like, we don't want to be like an antelope that's away from the crowd and the lions will pick, up the one that's on, pick off the one who's on his own. When we're in church, we can encourage one another. Satan loves the isolated Christian. So we've got the world and its values. The fight rages. If it's not your flesh, flesh, then it can be the world. 
We're, not, we're fighting against our old nature, we're fighting against this world as well. It's not the physical globe, but sometimes the society we live in, the system that seems to be increasingly separated from God, the world and some of its messages and values are our enemies. We don't agree with them, and it's okay to say it. 1 John 2.16, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust in his eyes and the boasting comes not from God. Sometimes the stuff we're looking at, uh, the advertisements or the TV programmes or the films have things in there that aren't helpful. We're bombarded with pictures and advertisements that tell us we need things. And then we're unhappy when we can't get it and you look at your neighbour and he's, he's, he's got it. They can make things that are not good for us look so good. You know, we look at the, the world and its structures and some of the adverts that we see and, and when you try and stand against it, it's, well, God just wants to spoil the fun. But he doesn't. He wants us to have fun and passion, but in a healthy, godly way. For sure, the world is tempting. It appears to be so much easier, so much happier, so much more without God. That's what the world thinks. Yet we know, as Christians, that's not the case. So we have our old self and the ways of the world, and now the real enemy behind it always Satan. Now, if we're not battling our flesh or we're not battling the world, there is one puppet master, Satan himself, that's trying to direct everything, pulling all the strings. He's called the accuser of the brethren, the tempter, the destroyer. Some people don't believe in him. He loves that strategy. That's why we send spies to other countries, so that people don't think they exist. I mean, it always struck me as, well, it's not funny, but it sort of is. Um, So here in England, you know, we have two people poisoned. That's not funny. And uh, so we're going to send the Russian spies that apparently we didn't know about back. Well, how do we send them back then? And before we get too much on our high horse, they then sent our spies back. We all knew, right? Um, so Satan loves it when, when we don't know that he's, he's got a spy in the camp. You know, you don't believe that red-suited, horn-headed little creature. But he is a power. He is a being against God and against Christians. But because he's not all-powerful like Christ, he has to use an army of demons and demonic influences. All you have to do is switch on the news and see what's going around. I mean, the one this week that shocked me uh, I was in Romford earlier this week, uh, this week in Lark, and my dad's uh, back in hospital, and, and around the corner, this 85-year-old lady, you know, killed, turns out, by a 65-year-old man. And it wasn't just a killing, it was a, something he took pleasure in. How, well, it's evil. You know, who's behind that? Evil, the fall, evil, evil. All you have to do is watch the news. Count up the number of depraved, horrible, sickening things that people do. You get sick to your stomach. Acts against other human beings. Killing children. They're so evil. They, they, they must be beyond us because who gives us that desire to maim? Gross things, sick things, evil. Could be people flying planes in, into towers. That's demonic. There's someone behind that or Hitler trying to destroy an entire race of people. God's people, in fact. That's demonic. Kidnappers, rapists, child porn, straight from the pit of hell. There's someone behind all of that. There's a devil and he's, he's determined to destroy and that's the battle we're in. He'll fight, he'll gnaw, he'll scratch, he'll pull out all the stops in trying to keep you from growing. Now you've probably heard and it's true that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and that's true and encouraging. But at the, sa- at the same time, it's hard to say Satan hates you. He hates you as a Christian. But that's alright because he's not the name above all names. He loves to distract you and disrupt and ultimately he wants to destroy you. He wants you to be a weak Christian 
feeble and effective. He doesn't want you relying on Jesus. He wants you to walk away from church in a huff because someone upset you. He wants you to find another reason why not to read your Bible or not reach others with the gospel. He wants your marriages ruined, your kids shattered and he'll take you when you're miserable and depressed. He loves that. He'll take anything and everything except you growing strong spiritually. And when you do that, you find sometimes your attack increases. So we're in this battle, a serious battle. Think back to before you was a Christian. In some ways, I think my life was easy. I had no accountability. I just did what I wanted. But I was going down a road of destruction. It wasn't good for me, certainly in eternity, without God. As soon as I became a Christian... The enemy opens up his eyes. Oh, I've lost Ian. He's lost me. I've gone. I've, I'm under new ownership. But he's, now he's interested. He's going to try and deter me from that as much as he can. Because you chose sides. You committed your life to Jesus Christ. And on that day, you become a member of God's family and you're declaring war on the evil one. And you're at war. And that's the battle you're in. You're in. On that day, you're enlisted as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul told uh, the young pastor Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. It's a good fight that we're in. It's a good one. And, and we're on the winning side. And it's positive. And people's lives are at stake. And we need to recognise that. And as we push back the advancement of the enemy's schemes and plans, as you lead others to Christ, as they're saved from a destiny that awaits uh, them with him, uh, he fights back. He fights back. So what have you got to do? And this is where we come to our passage. We're back to Ephesians uh, and I'll be rounding it up. How do we get prepared? How do we fight? How do we make our stand like Paul says? Well, back to Ephesians uh, 6 verse 10. Be strong. Be strong. Don't give in. Um, Don't give in. Be strong, he says. Paul probably, uh, when he wrote this letter, is under guard, under uh, house arrest. His guard would have had this armour that he talks about on. He's probably looking at the guard, thinking, oh, I can write about this. This this alludes to our battle and the armour we need to have on us to to fight this battle. He looks at the guard and sees his armour and he's using it to highlight the Christian armour in the battle against Satan. He says, verse 10, finally, finally, so it's the end of his letter. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. He's winding down his letter. He's exhorting you. He's encouraging you. He commands you as believers to be strong in the Lord. Because if we're not strong... We're, we're subject uh, to Satan's advances. It's not enough to be strong in your opinions, not enough to be strong in your experiences, uh, be strong in your bank account or your career or your knowledge. We must be strong in the Lord. We must be strong in the Lord. And if we're not, we are susceptible to his attack. Only in the Lord and power of his might can we be victorious and overcome uh, any and all attacks. I mean, look, a favourite passage of mine is Joshua 1. When I often go to it from discouraged or need some inspiration, I want God to speak to me. You go to the Old Testament to Joshua, they've had 40 years of wandering, of wondering, of waiting. (laughs) Loads of them didn't make it. But Moses has now died and the Israelites are ready to move into the promised land. And finally, they're going to walk into the promises that God had given them. And at the same time, there there was giants in that land. Fierce and mighty people, armies, chariots, enemies, walled cities, everything is against them, the odds are against them. But the battle belongs to the Lord. He said, chapter 1, verse 5, As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. And 18, in case they forgot, in a couple of verses, be strong and courageous. 
This week might have been an unprecedented attack. You might, it might not have been. It might have been an easy week for you. But undoubtedly in your Christian walk, sometimes you'll feel it. And it's spiritual warfare. Maybe you've had stuff in your life that seems overwhelming and you wouldn't get through, yet you're here you are. The Lord is your shepherd. He's got you through. He's led you. Maybe you've made a decision to follow the Lord, to live that bit more righteously, to really bring everything under his headship. You feel, you feel the attack. That, that is an attack of what you're doing, but there's a pushback. Joshua 1 verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do uh, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. To be strong we need to obey all the Lord, not just the ones that we like to cherry pick. It's not easy to obey. There is one against you when you try and do it especially when your own inner battle is going on, the temptations of the world is going on, all the accusations of the enemy is going on, coming hard for you. Every time you take a stand for Jesus and want to grow in him, expect a fight back. It goes with the territory. We feel it as ministers and you'll feel it as, as ministers yourselves. We feel it. Every time we seem to take ground for the church, we, we feel it. We feel it come. People speak into it and say, be careful. And we're ready. But it hurts. Or maybe as a sideline Christian, not really interested in spiritual things. That's where exactly where Satan wants you. He won't hassle you much or bother you while you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. But once you take a strong stand to obey, then he wakes up. Then his eye opens. Then he'll try and attack. And so Paul says, stand strong in the power of his might. He says uh, in verse 11, put on the full armour of God so you can stand against the devil's schemes. Any good soldier will tell you, you see it on the news, all the soldiers, do you see any soldiers or maybe a police officer at a football match where they're expecting crowd trouble? They're not turning up in T-shirts and flip-flops, are they? They've come in riot gear. Or the soldier going to Afghanistan, he's, he's covered head to toe, he's got all sorts of equipment. He is ready. He is ready for the fight. He doesn't put his flip-flops on because it's a bit hot, with his khaki shorts saying, right, you know, let, let's see who has a go at us. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll throw a few stones back. He's got his gun, he's got his armour, he's got his helmet, he's got his radio. He is ready for action. And Paul's telling us to put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Here he's saying that uh, not only is our strength from the law, but so are our strategies, our equipment, our armour. Whatever battle you're in, whatever temptation you face, God gives us the ability to withstand it. We've all made it. I bet you've been in times in your life like I have thinking, I'm not going to get through today I don't know I'm going to get through it but here we are and the Lord is my shepherd and he'll lead me this day and he'll lead me tomorrow and the next day he'll lead me, be strong in the Lord put on the full armour of God and and it's so important that we're close to him because if we're not, we can be picked off Uh, it really is a day by day walk we need to abide in Jesus we need to put him at the centre of our lives, we need to be strong when are we our weakest? when we think life's so good, we don't need good, uh, God. Uh, when we're on our own, trying to accomplish things in our own strength, uh, that's when we're susceptible. When's our faith the strongest? Sometimes when things are going really bad and we're crying out to God more and he, he leads us to a dark place and yet we cry out more and more. We don't want to be weak. We want to have that relationship, that close relationship all the time so we don't get picked off. And we need to because verse 12 he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so we can get sidetracked and think we're fighting with people all the time. 
problems with neighbours, bosses, sometimes other drivers. But there are spiritual forces at work that want to bring us down. You know, if I have a road rage incident, the old Ian would have jumped out of the car and, and physically let the person know uh, how angry I was. Do you know, if I, if, I, if I bow to that now, then I'll be locked up, um, put in jail. Ian Moore does the prison visiting. There's people in there, there's people in there that, that they got unlucky. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're on a road rage instance, for instance, and, I don't know, you know, you get up and there's a bit of a fisticuff, and, and, uh, but that's all it was. You get back in the car and drive off. Not, and this is not advice that I'm telling you to do. I'm just giving you an example. Nothing would happen. But now you're in a... Let's do the scenario. Now you're, now you're in a fist fight in the street and you hit someone, he hits his head on the pavement and dies. Now you're locked up for ten years. Who wins? Nobody. He lost his life. You've lost your liberty. Satan's laughing at you. You gave in to your old nature. Just better, just wave it off in a friendly manner, not certain signs that some people do, and just drive away. Do you see how easy Satan can get in with our old nature? Uh, When we're angry at someone, when we should be loving someone, no, I'm going to do it how I used to do it. I'm going to hold the grudge. I'm going to hold the grudge, because that makes me feel good, except when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning really angry at them. Do you know they probably didn't know they offended you? Or if they did, let it go, because God says, forgive whatever grievances you've got against one another. We've got a different way. Recognise that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the powers of this dark world trying to sidetrack you. There are spiritual forces at work in discord, whether it's within church or church as well. Spiritual disaster. He says, be strong, be covered, be aware. And he talks about the armour of God. He says, verse 14, the belt of truth is buckled around your waist. That's the first piece of armour he mentions. Put the belt of truth on. Satan's always trying to um, corrupt the word of God. Did God really say, is what he said to Eve. Did he really say that? Did he? Or if, you know, Jesus just, just he's been baptised, the, the spirit of God falls on him like a dove and there's a voice from heaven, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. I mean, I can't say, I didn't have that booming voice when I got baptised. What's the first thing Satan said to God, uh, to Jesus? If you're the son of God. Just a verse later, if. Put, try to put the doubt in it. So you do it to Jesus, he's going to try and get me to doubt that I'm saved. If you've accepted Christ as your saviour, you are saved and you are loved by God and you need to stand on that belt of truth buckled around your waist and take, we take the word of God seriously which we'll come on to. Verse 14, breastplate of righteousness. We all know, need that. Remember Paul, soldier, he's put the breastplate on. What is it? Well, words are no defence sometimes against accusations, but a good life is. Once a man accused Plato of certain crimes and he said, okay, well that's no problem, we must live in such a way as to prove that his accusations are a lie. I can preach all I want, but if my life doesn't measure up to it, um, I have no credibility as a Christian. We're ambassadors. When you walk out of this place, we must live up to it. This breastplate of righteousness, doing the right thing. The Living Bible calls it the breastplate of God's approval. And we need to remember, we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. We know we don't get everything right. There's no condemnation. But we're seeking God's approval. God loves us. He approves of us. Satan will attack your self-worth, he'll attack your emotions, and he'll try and discourage you. The righteousness is from Christ. Now we can that out. And he says, verse 15, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, shoes were a sign of, of someone who's equipped, ready to walk, ready to move, are ready to share. Satan hates it when you share the gospel. That's why it's so hard. So hard sometimes to invite someone to church or an alpha or even just tell them your story. 
Satan loves to discourage you from doing that. Verse 16, put on the shield of faith which you, with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The word shield that Paul uses uh, in that passage is not it's this silly little round thing that you, know, you often see in some of the, you know, they're running around. Big heavy thing it was. Um, a great oblong shield. You know, probably like sort of this. Really heavy. Um, and, it's, uh, and one of the most dangerous weapons in, in the warfare at that time was the fiery arrow, which Paul probably was thinking about. It would have been dipped in pitch and set uh, alight, so it's a flaming arrow now. And the Romans used these great oblong shields and put hooks on them so they joined together. And they could be hooked together to present a large and solid wall. And the arrows couldn't penetrate them. Paul says, put up that shield of faith. Don't let those lies of the devil penetrate because he'll try and discourage you. Shield of faith against the arrows, the negativity, the persecution, the insults, the temptations. He's saying, stand firm. See things through the eyes of God. There is a bigger perspective and bigger battle going on. Don't succumb to his ploys. He says, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet, salvation, it's protecting the head. It's being assured of your salvation. He loves to tell you you're not saved or not loved. He'll try and make you doubt. He tried to do it with Jesus, didn't he? If you're the son of God, make, the, make, make food, have all the power in the world. And he just answered him with the word of God. The word of God. Charles Spurgeon once said that the Bible is like a lion. You don't need to defend it, just, just turn it loose. And in ministry situations, often when we read scripture, power encounters against the evil one. Sword, the word, the Bible. It's the only one in this list which is one of attack. Trusting in the truth of God's word. Living and, and active. Importance of Sundays, pastoral groups, uh, private devotions, hearing God, declaring it. It's all a way of attacking the evil one. And then finally he says 18. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be alert and always keep praying for all the saints and also for me. And if we do this, if we do all these things and you know, we're rushing through it because there's, there's a lot really. I could have spent weeks on this. But it's just being aware there's a battle going on. And just being aware will try and discourage you and fighting back, standing firm. And then we can, if we do that, uh, from Romans 8, 35, 37, 39, can be our cry too of Paul. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in all of this, Paul says, the encouragement is to stand firm. It can be translated to go through. You know, we, sometimes you've got to go through stuff. You try, I mean, I'll say this to people who are grieving. We try and get around grief uh, we try and go to the left or the right. We might try and go under it, might try and go over it. You have to go through it. And then sometimes it's in those testing times that God really meets with us. It's an encouragement, but it is a battle. And, and I would encourage you to reread James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves to God. You know, make a decision this week. Say, actually, I'm going to give everything. I'm going to, as I read the Bible, I'm giving it all to God. I'm going to submit to him. And it goes on to say, resist the devil. It's not saying if the devil comes to you, resist him. He's going to be there. And he will flee with you. It's saying fight back. Fight back against that old nature, the world's values, and fight for God during the battle. And it says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. 
And as we celebrate this, this Sunday, which is earmarked for Pentecost Sunday, recognise that you are not left on your own. You have the armour of God, and God, one of the best things, that he fills you with his spirit, that begins to give you a desire to do the things of God. Listen to that, and, and don't let the enemy fight back and, and, and discourage you. You can do so much good in this world uh, for God, and he gives us the spirit, as he promised all those years ago, to every believer. So may we be filled with this spirit and live out this battle in a, in a godly way. Let me pray for you and then I'm going to hand back to Nigel and Cheryl. Well, we don't like speaking against the great adversary, the uh, Satan, the deceiver, the accuser. But we thank you, Lord, that your name is above all names and that we can go in confidence and recognising that we are in a battle, but that you are with us, you are our master, and we submit to you, not to him. So give us the power, Lord, and recognise that when we're in this battle, we can draw on all the power of heaven. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that your spirit goes with us. Help us to recognise his promptings and his nurturing. In Jesus' name, amen.